and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. everyone and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I am thrilled that you are joining us today. We're going to be talking about quality of care and what that looks like in memory care. But before I introduce you to our guests, I first want to welcome all those who are new to our show. Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to talk to real people in the trenches all around the world at all different levels. So maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. I also want to steer you to uh, go visit alzheimerspeaks.com. We've redesigned the site. You can find a ton of free educational um, resources there. So feel free to read and watch and download um, any of those. That's what they're there for. We also, of course, do speaking and training as well as uh, helping people with branding. And while you're on the site, uh, make sure you also click on our book tab. I finally got my speech, Betty the Bald Chicken, that I've done as a keynote for years and years into book form. It's all about lessons in how to care. It's a children's book, but I think you'll, you'll find it fun and interesting. That's the feedback I'm getting from all ages of life. So uh, one other shout out I want to make is to Dementia Map. If you haven't gone there, check out our global resource directory. We have 150 categories that you can search. There's also a calendar of events, a glossary of terms, and blog with uh, some wonderful, wonderful articles. Again, that's DementiaMap.com. Now let's go ahead and introduce you to our guest today. I am thrilled to be joined by Dina Coffey, who is with Artist Senior Living, and Deanna Vigliata and Lori Gredling. Both are with Seni, and we are going to be talking again about quality of care. What does that look like in memory care? Just a little bit more about each of them. Dina Coffey has 23 years in healthcare. She's held a variety of positions from dining room manager to administrator in independent living. Um, and she is now a certified dementia practitioner and the director of community relations for Artist Senior Living of Eaton. Lori Gredline has 20 years in healthcare, and uh, she also has held a variety of positions over that time. And she is now an account executive for CENI in the Northeast region of the United States. And then Deanna Vegliata has. 30 years in healthcare, and she really is relationship-based for whatever she's doing, uh, that comes first. And that is so pronounced with her work at CINI, uh, who she's been with since 2019. And then, of course, they saw what a, what a gem she was, and they moved her into the national sales manager role quickly. CENI is really all about changing how incontinence is looked at and dealt with, all about quality of life and having a life that is dignified. 
And we're going to learn a little bit more about all of this as we talk with these ladies. Well, ladies, I'm really excited to have you with us today. This is going to be a really good conversation. I think it's one that is overlooked in terms of what is quality care and, you know, all the different angles you can come at that by. But before we kind of dive into that, I always like to ask each of my guests if they've been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. And Dina, I'm going to start with you first, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having us again, uh, Lori. We we always appreciate the opportunity to share information. I um I think every time I speak with you, I am touched more and more um, with parents of friends. I've got a great aunt right now who was just uh, recently diagnosed with early onset. I uh, have brought up in the past. I had an aunt that actually passed away from the disease. So, um, unfortunately, the older I get, the more I'm touched. Okay, thank you. Lori, how about you? Yes, Lori. Unfortunately, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and she lived with my father uh, and his wife for five, six years. Um, as she was declining, they became the caregivers for her and um, she, she passed away about a year and a half ago. So yes, absolutely. Okay. And Dina, how about you? So my dad had Louis Body's dementia. Uh, he was diagnosed in 2018 with just uh, just dementia, and then in 2021, his symptoms really turned into the direction of being Lewy body's dementia. Uh, it worsened over six months, and then um, in September of 21, uh, he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, it's not uncommon for those diagnoses to change too. And I think that's a good thing for people to understand too, because just because you get labeled with one thing doesn't mean it's going to stick with you the whole entire time. I know my mom, um, we found out upon uh, autopsy with her that she had Alzheimer's, which is what we were told, but she also had Lewy body and she also had some Parkinson's. Um, and so you just, you just don't know what this disease, it's pretty, pretty new. Dana, I want to ask you a little bit more about your role and your experiences with, with artists in memory care. What, what makes it different? So artists is super unique. We're an assisted living by model, but our focus and our design and everything about us is all focused on memory care. Um, our community, the footprint of the community, um, the philosophy of the of our company. Artists is an acronym. Uh, a is ability to have a voice. R is re respecting and maintaining relationships. T is treasuring uniqueness. I is integrity, and S is success and recognition. So that acronym just rolls up our entire philosophy. All the directors and especially our director of the Artist Way experience is always making sure that our residents, our associates and our families are all following that philosophy to make our residents and our families and our associates have the most successful day they can have. Oh, that's wonderful. How did you connect with Cine? So it's a really cute story. Um, we were having our grand opening uh, in June of 21. And um, this young lady walks in the door and she says, I'd like to see Alex Amata. And Alex was the director of community relations at the time. And we're like, sure, Howard, you know, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Lori explained who she was, introduced herself. And we're like, oh, how do you know Alex? She's like, I saw her on LinkedIn. So it was, it was so adorable. And we were like, oh my God, you're great. And then she just became 
part of our, our world. Um, you know, Senny is a great product and Lori and Deanna are great people. And we just really connected. We really did. And I can say, I know Alex too, and she's, she's absolutely wonderful. And because uh, I've been out to your place actually um, years ago to speak and stuff. So I, I know artists very well. One of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, you mentioned the acronym and all the things that it stands for, but you know, boots on the ground, what does that look like? You know, how is that really implemented engaging residents in that fashion? So one of the things that we talk to our families about as they're touring is a partnership profile. Um, the partnership profile is eight pages. It's their homework. They need to go home. They need to write everything down about their person. One of the ways that I describe it is, listen, if I'm, if someone's going to tell me that they have to, I have to get up at seven, I have to get dressed and be at a table or be at a dining room to eat breakfast at 7.30. That's not what I'm used to. That's stressful. That's not what I want to do. I want to do, I want to sleep till eight. I want to have a cup of coffee. I want to get dressed and maybe eat. So those are things that it's a person-centered approach. So the, that's how boots on the ground, that's how we're doing it. Our care partners, our coordinators of health and wellness, they're reading those partnership profiles. They're digesting them two, three days prior to the resident moving in. Um, you know, our new neighbor is, is somebody that we have to welcome and we want to make sure that they're feeling as welcome, as stress-free as possible. And our care partners knowing all about them before they get there is part of the, is part of the way we do that. Now, do families push back on that? You know, eight pages is a lot when you're when you're on the other side and placing somebody or does it really give them comfort? Like, oh, my gosh, no one's asked me these questions before. It's um, I've seen a little bit of everything. Um, recently, I saw husbands just so overwhelmed with everything that I was kind of like, OK, let's just talk. Let's just talk. You tell me I'll fill it out. Um, another family was, oh, this is going to be, you know, daughter. Taylor's job, you know, that's how they, and they kind of assign that to, I could always tell that they assign it to the most like efficient person in the family or, or the historian of the family. So they, they like to do that. And I think that it does. I do see a little bit of a light in their eyes when I tell them that I want to know everything. They're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, he used to do this, but he doesn't do that anymore. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Tell me about it. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's different with every person, every family. Well, and I like that you personalize that too, you know, so it's not, you know, you must write it down and you must get it back. It's like, if you just need to talk, because I think it can be overwhelming. And sometimes, you know, when people are, are doing a placement, they just, they're so overwhelmed and, and feeling so much guilt because a lot of them said they'd never place their loved one. And their mind can be in a whole different space. And then when you're asking for specifics that I think are really evident for what you need might not be evident for what they need, because right. no one's really asked them some of those questions before of like, well, what time do they get up? And, you know, what do they like to eat? And what are their hobbies? And, you know, all of those types of things are, um, can be overwhelming, I think, when anytime you're feeling in crisis. And I know you guys put a real soft mode, loving mode, welcoming mode um, in, in taking families in. But I think it's very common for them just to feel all tensed up, you know, most that's been my experience. May, maybe yours has been different, though. So please correct me if I'm wrong on that. 
No, it is. It's, you know, we have a resident who wants to eat standing up. He used to run a restaurant. So any of us that's ever been in the restaurant world know that you don't sit and eat. You stand over a, a counter or whatever. So if we didn't know that that was what he liked, then the care partners would try to encourage him to sit. But no, he's more comfortable. His mind reverted back. So it is. it does give them um, a lot of peace to know that their person is going to um, you know, we're going to know their person, their family member inside out and backwards. And mm-hmm. that gives them a little, a little bit of solace. I, I believe anyway. Well, and I'm, I'm going to throw in just a side story here of where my mom was living in a, a nursing home. And there was a woman who would disrupt mealtime every day because she would, she would undo all the placements that they had, the, the napkins and the silverware, and she'd grab them and off all the tables, and they would just get furious with her. And because they didn't understand, and she didn't speak English very well. And I remember being there one day watching this, and I'm like, can I just approach her? And they're like, yeah, go for it, Laura. Because you know, they, were, they were honestly just frustrated. And, and that does happen in communities. So I went, I went up to her and I asked her if she would go for a walk with me. And as we were walking, I got a few words out of her. And what I found was her family owned a restaurant and she, all she wanted to do was roll the silverware because that's in her mind, how it should have been placed. And so she was really, really trying to help them. And, but again, if you don't know that stuff, it's so important. And I love that artist takes the time to, to find those things out because I do think it's, it's critically important. Let's talk about um, staffing because I know a lot of families have questions with staffing. There were some questions before COVID. Since COVID, there's been a lot more um, questions of, you know, are you, are you staffed? How are you staffed? And what does that mean, you know, to my loved one? So we will definitely um, give the staffing ratios that were set by in each state, town, county, it could be different. Um, We do love to keep one care partner always in the community. I'm sorry, in the neighborhood. Our neighborhood in particular in this community has about 14 suites in it. So one one care partner will always be here. And then there'll be another care partner floating around, maybe in the community center, you know, maybe outside. But we're a little bit differently staffed than your typical assisted living because of the fact that we are a niche. We are just specific to memory care. So, you know, maybe a care partner is going to be sitting playing a, you know, a game of chess with somebody. Um, but we're always right here in the community. We know what each resident needs. If we know that, you know, so-and-so is kind of on a schedule and it's going to need to, you know, be checked on because maybe he likes to walk outside and that's been his norm. And again, we go back to the partnership profile, knowing what those folks like to do. So our care partners, they're a blended role. They do a little bit of everything. And that's also very comforting to a patient or I'm sorry, to a resident because of the fact that they get used to that person. They know that they're going to count on them in the dining room. They know that they're going to count on them to help them dress in their suite in the morning. So it's, it's, I think it's very comforting the way we're doing our staffing and um, families seem to be pretty happy with it. So. 
Well, and to me, it makes sense because that's how a fam- how a real family works. You know, mm-hmm. people aren't divided up. You just know you can rely on somebody and there's not as much confusion of new people entering in all the time either, which I think is important. Are there any like encouraging stories that you could share about, you know, some of your, your residents' experiences in terms of quality of life living at Artist? So we're very, um, we like to use the word, um, some people like to use the word behaviors Mm -hmm. and I like to use the word expressions. They are expressions. People with dementia sometimes can't express themselves appropriately. Um, I've told this story um, before. We had a gentleman living here and he was pretty insistent on going into everyone's suite. And we were kind of discouraging it at first. And we were right there with him. We were joining his journey. We were walking the neighborhoods with him, trying to figure out what he wanted. And we were, you know, really trying to understand what he was trying to express to us. Well, opening every door, opening every door. Finally, we said, okay, you know what? Let's just let him go. Let's let's see where he goes. He went into one of the suites. He went right to the bathroom. He turned up the faucet, stuck his head underneath and drank. He was thirsty. He could not express to us that he was thirsty and we needed to just follow along and be patient and let's walk walk with Joe on his journey and see where it's going to take him. And it took him right to a faucet and he drank and he was a happy camper. So those are just things. We just spend the time with the residents. We're not, you know, uh, we're not we're paying attention to what they want. We're looking at their faces. We're reading their expressions. Um, So that is one of the things that artists is all about. Um, And, you know, just having the folks here, um, Rachel, our director of life enrichment, she's constantly pivoting. You know, maybe we're going to sit down and we're going to do a craft. Oh, wait, hold on. No, no, we don't want to do a craft right now. Okay. We're going to go over here. We're going to do flower arranging. Okay. Let's all go over here and do flower arranging. So we're very um, flexible in that respect. And I think you need to, you need to be, we need to, you know, again, join them in their journey and, and see what gives them the least stress for the day. I, I like that being fluid. Now, I would imagine that you have issues because I know a lot of people end up moving a loved one into um, a care community because the needs become too high. And one of those needs often is incontinence and families just don't know how to deal with that. How, how do you guys deal with incontinence? with a, with a resident. So working with, um, Lori and Deanna and the, and the Seni products, um, they're just, I mean, the presentation that we had was just blew us all away as to how it's just really a, a superior product. And I mean, we all know getting a good night's sleep is so important. So if you're getting a good night's sleep and we don't have to wake up a resident to get them up to go to use the facilities or to, you know, change them, which we don't do that anymore. Don't have to. Um, but any of the things like to wake somebody up overnight is, um, again, it's just adds stress to your day. You don't sleep well, you don't feel good. So they're all sleeping better. And, um, you know, during the day, if someone's wearing a product, we know that any of the Seni products are going to be, you know, exactly what they need, where you're not going into that 
environment where you're smelling things that we don't want to smell because that's not happening here. Um, you know, the products are wonderful and Lori is great to work with and um, our supplier is awesome to work with. They're right here for us whenever we need anything. And that's important because if you tell a family, hey, you know, we've got this, we've got this product you th that we think you should try that we think is wonderful. And, you know, you're going to go to this supplier and then it's two, three days and nothing happens. Well, then they lose interest and then they're, you know, doing something different. So with um, our relationship with Lori and with their supplier, Adoro Medical Supplies, you know, it's great. It's awesome. They're right here for us and our residents get exactly what they need when they need it. That, that's nice. Um, and I think that showing that collaboration, that partnership, to me as a, as a family member, that was huge. When I, when I felt that people really were working as a team together, uh, because I remember there were times like, well, we're, we're out of such and such. And it's like, well, I didn't know we were out of such and such. And so then I'm kind of scurrying around trying to find something. And um, that can be really um, frustrating for everybody, you know, as a whole. Lori, I want to ask you about your um, Ascending Incontinence Care Program and how does that tie into, you know, the memory care community? I know we've, we've talked with home health care in the past with just rave, rave reviews. Um, what, what are you seeing with memory care? Well, I think with a continence care program, the first thing, you know, it, the most important thing is to improve continence, right? That's our, that's our goal. That's our mission. We want to do it through lots of education. Um, and thank you again for having us on your show. Uh, this is the way we educate people and let them know that we're here. Um, we work with um, so many different um, community and um, when we worked with, when we started working with artists, we started to get feedback such as the residents are now getting their restorative sleep. They're getting a peaceful eight hours of sleep. That is, that's really a game changer for so many people, not just this resident who's suffering from dementia, um, but their family members are now feeling confident that their loved one is getting that restorative sleep. Um, the, the staff at the artist communities are extremely happy. They're, they're, you know, working through their shifts and they're not being woken up or, or having to deal with changes at 2 a.m. They're also not having to deal with, you know, a possible fall. I mean, we're talking about some serious medical risks that they might be going to the hospital, such as a UTI, a skin breakdown, and a fall, like I just said. Um, if they're getting that restorative sleep, they're not waking up, obviously. So hopefully they're not going to have a fall. Um, it's, it's just taken out of the equation altogether. Uh, they wake up more alert from getting their restorative sleep. That leads to them getting into those activities that, you know, some people, even, even past COVID, they're still staying in their, in their suites because they're either embarrassed, they might have an accident doing one of their activities, um, and the care partners are trying to get them out to socialize them, but they're nervous, they're, they're embarrassed, and we all understand this. Um, and, and now with the Sunny products, they don't have that problem. They can, they can go do the activities, they can feel confident, they have their dignity back. It's, um, we've heard so often that they are life-changing and they're game-changing and 
we hear it again from the families, the, the, care, the caretakers, um, everyone involved. So it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And <clears throat> aside from that, from what artists does and what they offer, they're just an amazing organization. Um, I, I know Dina hasn't gotten to it, but they have a person um, on their staff that actually helps that new resident get acclimated with their friends that are already living there. They, they bring them together. They, you know, connect these people. So they're not kind of left out. Um, it's, it's just such a nice, nice welcoming that that artist has in place all the staff for, for these people to move in. And, and like she was saying about the eight pages, I mean, these families are more than well informed when they are moving somebody in there and they just feel so um, comfortable and confident that their loved one is completely taken care of. And I've been in Dina's building where the families are leaving and you know, I've, I've heard some funny comments where the family member, one time a family member was saying, oh my gosh, dad is not having a good day today. And I'm sorry for you guys, but I have to get back to my job. So, you know, thank you guys for all that you do because she knew her dad could be a handful sometimes. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just been, it's just been really, really great all the way around. Well, one of the things I've noticed with, with artists, and I've been to many of your communities, is there really is that sense of family with the residents' family, with staff. Um, the conversations that are had, you know, sometimes I go on tours and stuff, and I'll see people stop and, and kind of pause and say hi to somebody. But I, you can tell when it's an, kind of an act or a task or when it's a real conversation. You know, you can see the glint in the resident's eyes and the family's eyes and, and just the camaraderie. I mean, it's, it's something that's palatable there. Um, Dean, I wanted to ask you one other thing, because I would think with, with, you know, people being able to sleep through the night is absolutely fantastic on multiple levels. But I would imagine that it also affects the staff themselves in terms of tasks that they have to carry out. Because nobody likes doing the whole changing thing, throwing somebody in the shower when it's a mess or stripping the beds and things. I would imagine that that has um, really enhanced the job that they do um, on, a, on, a, on a huge level. Yeah. And I, I actually just want to jump in about family and um, our families and our residents. I want to just tell you a quick story that um, before I tell you about your question, my dad um, lived at our brick community. And um, he passed away right there. And the nurses, and um, we, we don't call them nurses, the coordinators of health and wellness and the care partners um, were absolutely amazing the night that my dad passed. And when I tell you it was a, the best experience it could be um, in that situation, and um, they they were part of my family for you know that that period of time for those three four days they were right there with us and um, as you were talking and as Laurie was talking I was just recalling how wonderful they were and I've seen it happen here in this community I've seen the the families really embrace with the coordinators of health and wellness and really talk to them and everybody be on the same page. It takes a village 
to do what we do. And, um, you know, it, it's stressful on the caregiver. It's stressful on the resident. So if we can all be, be one in the journey, then it's going to help our residents that much more. So now with that being said, your question, our residents need a, a little bit more, um, sometimes one-on-one -on -one than your typical assisted living resident. So with our care partners, not having to be in the bathrooms that often or in the showers that often, they're, they're helping the residents to have their successful day by being as normal as possible and having a day like you and I have. And, and that's gonna make everything just so much better. Um, anxiety levels and everything it, and, and happiness and just contentment. So, you know, that, that's a lot. Um, you know, it's to do what so, sometimes with, with dementia, um, you know, they're in and out of cognitive. So what if you're having that really cognitive moment and you're in the bathroom with somebody and they're having to change you. And it's debilitating to somebody to have to all of a sudden be like, wait, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, so with the Sunny products, it, it's just, it gives us that much more time to, to have the quality time um, with each of the residents that we need to have. Wonderful, really brings that dignity back. Um, Deanne, I wanna talk about kind of big picture and for you, what does what does good care look like from a, from a SENI perspective? Hmm. Well, I would say you know, big picture. Um, to Lori's point, uh, we as a company try to provide a lot of education about always first and foremost try to improve continence first. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wants to be incontinent. Uh, so try and improve that first. So things like Kegel exercises, um, encouraging people to evaluate certain medications and, and when they're taken and, and what may be the, you know, side effects related to um, having to use the bathroom and, and fluid intakes and when, you know, liquids are taken and uh, just an overall evaluation um, and, and I say that too, and it kind of leads to what Dina said, you know, an evaluation, a person-centered evaluation, because every single one of us is different. So if we start with, let's improve continence first by looking at everybody as individuals, um, and if we can reduce uh, some level of uh, incontinence, um, that's a good thing. And then for those folks that... Um, are left in the demographic where they do need a good product, um, then good looks like, I would say overall umbrella trend is exactly what um, artists is doing. You know, years ago, a lot of communities um, would say, you know, we, we don't, we don't do that in terms of products, right? The residents provide their own and that always will remain a choice, obviously for residents, but if I am that executive director, if I'm that owner operator, if I'm that resident wellness director, um, I personally feel, why wouldn't you um, tie yourselves in with a good company that offers a good product, number one, to keep your residents healthy and happy and reduce their risk 
of falls, of UTIs, um, of skin breakdowns uh, on the clinical side. And then from a um, social side, increase the confidence level um, and the dignity level for folks. So um, I always get excited when a community says, yeah, we are going to look at a continence care program. We are going to implement one. We are going to roll one out because I always think that ripples out exactly kind of umbrella view of what good looks like. Um, it's not just the residents. It's not just the caregivers. Uh, it's just, it's not just the families. I think Dina said it. It's one. It's, it's everybody. So what does good look like for people that have to use a product? Um, when you have a, a, a relationship that is between manufacturer and distributor and community, and then within that, it grows even deeper. The, the relationship that um, uh, Dina and her teammates have with um, Lori, it, uh, it resonates. I tell you, I travel a, a lot and uh, I go into that um, community and it's... Um, it's people helping people. I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that, but it's very deep. It, it's not simple, but it is. It's people helping people. It, 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 it resonates. So I would say that's what good looks like. Um, good products, understanding the education behind it, um, and then having communities that say, yeah, we are going to, you know, we are going to look at that. We are going to um, make that a priority. We are going to guide. Um, I hear things in communities where, um, a product could, uh, people could bring their own in and, um, and that resident could run out and then you could have, um, an adult child that leaves work. They're coming to visit mom or dad, correct me if I'm wrong, Dina, but then they could come to a, a community that doesn't have a continence care program where it's just, it's, it's taken care of. Right. And then that, community and they're not doing any nobody's ever doing anything wrong per se right I think this industry for the most part everybody's trying to help people they may say hey mom's out can you make a quick trip down to the store and you think well that doesn't look good really for anybody right now you have that person that wanted to have that visit that's cut short um, you could have some um, you know people that are buying inferior products could have uh, to be changed more more often, right? Someone may be waiting to come to come visit, or um, as Dina mentioned, you can have um, you know it's not the sexiest of topics, but you could have urine odor, right? You could have somebody voiding on a um, a, a nice piece of furniture, and uh, and they may feel bad about it. They shouldn't, but they may, and that's not that doesn't feel good. And then the community's left with, okay, what are we doing, guys? Now, so um, good to me looks like, yeah, improve improve continence first, and when you can't, you need a good product. Um, educate, educate, educate about the why behind a good product and then work together um, with a very person-centered approach because um, that, that's the great thing I think about all of us. Everybody's a little bit different with their needs and their, uh, and their likes and their dislikes and, and so forth. So you roll it all together and hopefully we have good. Well, and you guys do an amazing job of, of educating in a in a comfortable fashion and one that is also um, it, it's just so positive because your goal is to improve quality of life. It's not to sell a product. It's to improve quality of life. And that really, that really shows on many levels. And I was so glad when you, when you brought, uh, brought up about skin breakdown, because 
Um, I'm sure artists, and I won't call them RNs, the coordinators of health and wellness have to be thrilled with less of that going on because boy, you don't want someone getting sick or septic. You know, so many things can happen with that. And like Lori, you had mentioned the slips and the falls. I have heard story after story after story of someone slipping in urine. And, you know, that's not good for anyone. And all of a sudden, oh, they're in the hospital with a broken hip or, or arm or whatever it might be. Um, and I love the idea of this partnership, too, because, you know, as a, as a family on the other side, being called to do one more thing, and usually it's a last minute thing, gets, it gets frustrating. And it gets, and again, not that it's anybody's fault, but sometimes you just are in this time crunch. And then I've seen staff too, um, where my mom was at before she was even using the, these types of products where they were kind of stealing from, from Peter to get Paul covered. You know, is it the right size? Isn't it the right size? And then, you know, now that I'm a new gram again, we're doing the whole diaper thing. I think about the different types of products and skin irritation and size and fitting and, and how important all of that stuff is. And I know you guys do a really nice job in terms of how something fits and how it needs to fit. I still was shocked on, on one of the episodes where you talked about fluffing it up first so it's more absorbent. And I was like, well, of course, that makes so much sense. But I had never in all my years ever, ever heard of that. You know, and those are important details. Um, you know, or your your guards that you have, so things don't seep out. Those are are really important. Dan, I wanted to ask because you're on such a mission, you know, with your team about trying to reduce the stigma about incontinence. Are you are you feeling like you're making some headway in there? You know, I, yes. Uh, overall, yes. Um, definitely, overall, yes. It, it's funny, Lori. I um. You know, when we think of stigma, right, most of us, when we think stigma with, with incontinence, mm-hmm. uh, it would be the stigma of, um, you know, again, voiding, right, with, with, without intention. Um, it would be the stigma of, possibly, you know, odor, um, a spot, things like that. I tell you, the more, the more we carry on and, and move forward, um, what's really exciting that if you think about a, a stigma that's been associated with incontinence products has really been in the past. I feel like, yeah, they're not so important, right? A disposable commodity. And that's probably more than anything, the biggest thing that my teammates and I are seeing across the country, which is awesome. Um, And what I mean by that is, um, gosh, Lori and I were just at a conference actually with um, some clinical folks. And, uh, and we asked just out of curiosity, um, you know, what products are you using? And we're finding in the past, we could have folks that would say, you know, I really don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Um, and you think, okay, then, then now we've transitioned to a lot more people know what they're using. And that tells me that education is working to let's bring this out on the table of this stuff is a critical continuum of care component, it's important stuff. So that stigma is is changing where it um, is having more of a, um, a, a seat at the table, so to speak, in a positive way for the improvement of the quality of life. And then, um, yeah, I would say with, with the traditional stigmas, I think COVID 
as ugly as it was, as ugly as it continues to be, um, one of the silver linings um, is that the bright light uh, was shined on um, the ugly outcomes of social isolation. And my teammates and I uh, always just want to scream as well. Hello, it was there before for people that are incontinent. And if we don't change, it'll be there again. So that has helped us. Um, you got to look for golden nuggets, I think, in life of, um, of, of, you know, what it brings you. So yes, I, I feel confident saying overall, more people are uh, more free to discuss things and, and realize that um, it, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. There's support out there. Um, I think um, we always try to surround ourselves and um, I, I won't even say we're lucky. I think most people in senior living, in healthcare in general, in the aging um, space are kind, caring, compassionate people. So when you just start aligning yourself and having conversation by virtue of that, it, it springboards in a positive way. So, uh, so yes, I guess that's my long babbling answer too. I do think it's changing for the better. Yeah, I, I know from, you know, the people I talk to around the world, I think it is too. And I think you guys have really been a huge force behind that because this wasn't a conversation um, to my knowledge that people were having on even like a corporate level. Everyone kind of got their own products from different things and families would pick them out. And there really wasn't talk about fit and quality and, and what does it really do? Um, it was it was like, okay, check that off, check that off. You know, it was kind of filling one of those holes. And now people are thinking twice about how they do this, why they do this, you know, and having having products, you know, delivered, you know, to the community. I mean, just filling that hole alone, where all of a sudden, you're, you're not without, uh, to me, that's massive for everybody on that one, you know, just gets rid of a, of a, of a big frustration. And again, I think when, when there's a hole like that, once you're educated, you realize, oh my gosh, slips and falls are up, skin breaks could happen more. I mean, you, you just start thinking about all the things that are really pertinent of why you need this product. I wanted to ask each of you in terms of, and I'm going to go to um, Dina first, um, what types of changes or improvements are you seeing and hearing about in senior living and memory care as a whole that you feel are positive? I think we're more educated. I think um, we are learning, I've been doing this for 23 years, and I think um, it, we've learned a lot through um, Alzheimer's Association, um, through various educational offerings, um, and just through you know, life in general as to where dementia can take um, a person and how we can best care for them. And um, I'll say it again, join their journey. Um, you know, it, it's, it has evolved to, to an artist. That's where it's brought us, which is amazing because this is focused right on, um, you know, those folks with uh, those diseases and how we can best be, be our best for them to be their best. And I think that that makes, um, makes a huge difference. Um, you know, like I said, and seeing it with my own dad um, and years ago, my grandmother, um, his mother, uh, she had dementia as well. And she was in a nursing home and they really didn't know what to do with her. And, 
you know, they just brought trays in, they brought crossword puzzles in and, you know, she just screamed and yelled because that's not what she needed. So now fast forward to 10 years later and, you know, I've got my dad living at Artist. And my dad was a like a jack of all trades kind of guy, and he could build a house. Um, he didn't know how to fill a dishwasher to save his life, but he could fix it for you. Um, you know, so he would literally be able to take the draw out of the dishwasher. The care partners would allow him to inspect the door all day long. There's nothing wrong. He would just kind of move it around and check it out, turn the furniture upside down because he thought it needed to be fixed. That's allowing him to be him. And we've learned that over 10 years, just let's just all take a beat and let's just see what happens and let them be themselves. Let them be the best person they can be. Let them sleep overnight. You know, let's have them do all the things that they can do to just be their best. And I think that's where it's evolved to. And and what a great place that is. Um, Lori, what do you see as far as improvements in memory care and senior living as a whole? Well, for for one, post-COVID, I think we all can agree that we're finally seeing the smiles on faces again, um, not just from the masks being slowly taken away, taken away, but also just that people are interacting now. The families are able to come back to the, you know, the buildings, the communities, and visit their loved ones. They don't have to wave high through the glass. Uh, that's, that's just so important in my opinion. Um, the changes in everyone's demeanor and, and their excitement and, um, and places like artists with their, with their care team that's been there since day one, pre COVID post COVID and how they interact with their residents. And, um, again, just filling the void that we all had to suffer through with COVID, um, especially our, our seniors, um, I think the other thing is the education has really evolved, um, particularly with with us. I mean, we you know we have really gotten the brand awareness out there. Um, we've gotten the sending name and what it does out there uh, more and more. I mean, we've joined on so many conferences, and uh, last week we we dealt with it was pretty much all clinical people walking through that conference and. Um, everybody that came by our booth was just really giving us kudos for, for how we were explaining how SENI works and the differences, um, and, and how we can really make these nice changes in people's lives. Um, and everybody around us was just applauding us basically. And, and, um, I think that's important. I think that's important to kind of pat ourselves on the back now and then. Um, artists should be doing the same thing all the time with, with, with how they deal with their residents. Um, so yeah, I, I think basically things like that. Um, I also wanted to mention one of artists's, uh, sister communities reached out to me probably about a month ago and they were telling me about one of their residents. Unfortunately, this gentleman had had a couple falls within a very short amount of time. Um, he was using some product that unfortunately he was leaking and waking up late at night, trying to rush to the restroom and, uh, the falls were happening very close together. Um, they called me as soon as they realized, okay, we we've had two now in, in two days or whatever it was. Um, can you please bring us some samples so that we can try to prevent this from happening? 
Um, I, of course, said, absolutely, I'll have them there immediately. Uh, went to bring them some samples and um, all good news all around. The family was thrilled. Um, the resident wasn't falling. He was sleeping through the night. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's the education and, and that awareness. I think it's just, it's really evolved from where it was, you know, uh, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I think the communities themselves, I mean, artists before artists, I mean, I used to work in senior living in, in communities. There were no artists back in the day. They did not look like that. They didn't have the feel. They didn't, you know, they didn't operate anything like the way artists does. So I think all of that together has just been all really wonderful things that have evolved. I think, you know, one of the biggest differences that, that I see in terms of um, the branding of the Senny product is you're really doing it through storytelling, you know, real stories, real people. And it's, you guys all come from this base of it's about service, it's about quality of life, it's about dignity, and our product can do that versus this is the size, this is the price, all those things fall in line. But I mean, you, you get that out first, that we are here to partner with you. And, and to me, that makes a huge, huge difference. And it, it automatically makes people listen, because that's not normally how we're sold anything, you know, and it's, it, it's like, to me, when I talk with you guys, the sale is secondary, the education is first, and, and, and the storytelling just automatically comes out because there's so many magical stories I know that I've heard through these conversations that are just like, of course, this makes sense, really makes it a no brainer. Deanna, anything else that you wanted to add about improvements that you're seeing or changes in, in um, memory care or senior living as a whole? You know, I think, um, I, I think I will say, um, you know, I, I mean, something I'll share that sticks with me, and I think I bring it up to Dina every time I visit her community, but it's about, it's about education that goes just ripples and ripples is I had a tour of uh, their community, I lose track of time, but it could have been a year or so ago. And, um, and they took me into one of the, um, one of the suites, and I, there was a, um, a nightstand, and the <laughs> was um, screwed into the light stand. And Dina explained that if somebody gets out of bed, the reaction could be to grab hold of that light. And so if that light is not screwed in, that could be a fall risk. And so um, I tend to pick things up that are just, I find that fascinating. My mind um, may not have thought like like that, but I'm so amazed. And so when I'm out and I'm touring other communities, I, I would never, you know, I want to sometimes go around and pick up lampposts and go to these all down. But just sharing that is, is again, you know, someone starting out with a senior living community that learns that tidbit along. Like I think COVID um, in the last few years has um, provided all of us with a lot more empathy and understanding. And I think that's umbrella level within senior living. And, um, and I think it's just more collaborative in nature of sharing of information uh, across the board on so many more topics uh, that, that again, we become one when we're, we're kind of better together, so to speak. Um, so I would just say that, that there's more empathy 
um, more learning, more education. And, uh, and it does feel like anyway, um, I don't know where I know Lori and myself and our teammates, um, we're happy, you know, and I, and I think that's just like, it's getting happier and it was never, it was never unhappy, <laughs> but it's just the happiness has taken it to a new level of people are just seem more happy. I don't know. I like it though. I like the direction. <laughs> well, when you can remove kind of those crisis moments of a slip and fall and hospitalization, um, when you can take out that ping of having to do something extra because something wasn't done correctly or you know product wasn't as is good uh, those those things do they make you happy they're like yeah this is this is good <laughs> this, this is good this is a good thing yeah. uh, anything that we haven't covered that anybody wants to mention you know i did want to say um when Lori was talking about you know education and, and products and things it just brought me back to their supplier um is very available to us and whenever I text or call them, they, they do ask all the questions, which is huge. What's the size? What's the need? What's the time of the day? You know, what's, is it a, obviously male or female, but they're asking all the questions that need to be asked, which I think is really amazing. And it just kind of shows to their integrity as to making sure that their, um, their clients, our residents are, are having the right product that they need. So um, I, I think it's, it's super important that they are as embedded with the conversation as they are. It's, it's amazing. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I want to make sure that I get contact information out so people can go to Senny's website, which is Senny, S-E-N-I-USA.com, or you can email Deanna at D-E-A-N-N-A dot, in her last name, V-I-G-L-I-O-T-T-A at T-Z-M-O-U-S-A dot com. And that is kind of their mothership <laughs> company. Um, we know them by Sunny here in the U.S., uh, and then they also have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find them on LinkedIn as TZMO-USA-Inc. And on Facebook as Cine Cares. And then Deanna can be reached at dcoffee at artist and then mgmt.com. Or you can go to their website, artistseniorliving.com. And you can also put in Eaton Town and you'll, you'll find her specific website. In wrapping up, I just found this, as always, very informative. I always learn something new and I appreciate both artists and Sunny uh, getting together to share this information. I think, I think it's really important for people to hear. I love the way you have just a conversation. You know, it's not, it's not something difficult to listen to. And sometimes when you're talking about a topic that can be, you know, kind of not fun to listen to. This was just kind of friends getting together, chatting about how it's going, you know, so I think that makes it much easier to learn as well. And to our community listeners, I would like to ask you to like, click and share this episode, not because I want the, the clicks for Alzheimer's Speaks. It's never been about that for me, but it's because you know people who are dealing with incontinence. And, and they may not have even told you about it. 
in your own family, your circle of friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. We need to get more and more of this information out. So it, it seems normal for them to reach out because there is a lot of guilt and shame when dealing with this. And that's the last thing anyone dealing with incontinence should have to be worried about. So be a giver of hope. Take a couple of seconds and just like, click and share. Pass this information on. Change someone's life for the better. You can do it. I know you can. Bye now. Hey, everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.